This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Jason with Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by FlintHillsAuto.com. I am Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com, and I'm here alone tonight. You know, every time I see superfan Robert Lipson for Kansas State, he always says, don't have a flat tire. That's how he signs off every conversation. Scott Chasen needed to hear that. He had a flat tire on his way back from Texas, covering the KU-Texas game. So he will join us on the phone somewhere between here and there. I'm guessing from a casino in Oklahoma. That's just me, though. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash The Drive Show, on Twitter at The Drive 13, and of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions at thedriveshow.com. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, you can enter, you can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com and fog.net. And we will start things off with our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Hands. They've been expecting you. Now, let's eat. Well, Scott, you were in Austin as KU basketball took down Texas 66-57. What stood out from this road win? Yeah, I, I, Fitz, I thought it was a gutsy road win from the Jayhawks. I mean, you, you talk about the backcourt of Devon Dotson and Marcus Garrett. Two guys that are, I mean, both banged up coming into this game. Dotson obviously dealing with a, a hip pointer that made him miss about 10 minutes of that game against Baylor in the second half. And then obviously, uh, he did not play at Oklahoma. So, uh, KU did not know whether or not they would have him. Marcus Garrett guessed earlier in the week that, yeah, I think Devon Dotson's going to play. But uh, for all intents and purposes, Devon Dotson said he wasn't even fully sure if he was going to go until uh, really testing that out at shoot-around. And uh, he, he had a pretty remarkable game. He scored 21 points. He played 39 minutes. I mean, 39 minutes on a, on a hit pointer, if you can imagine that. And for Devon, I mean, he went 8 of 9 at the free-throw line, which he had struggled making some crunch uh, crunch time foul shots early in games earlier this season. That certainly was not an issue uh, against Texas. His performance was massive. And then Marcus Garrett had an incident where, I mean, he's dealing with two ankle injuries, one on each side, and he takes a scary fall under the basket. The arena went silent. I mean, the thud when he hit the ground, whether it was his, his head, his arm, his back, I, I didn't get a great look at it, uh, even on replay. But uh, whatever hit, I, I think it was a scary situation. He grabbed his head right away. He rolled over face down, and they obviously had to wait for play to stop just to get someone out to see him. And, you know, it was only a few seconds, but it felt like an eternity just because I think everyone was concerned for his health in those moments. But uh, he ends up scoring, I think, five straight points down the stretch. The five points that gave KU the lead, it would not give up, including an and one uh, on kind of a drive to the rim and a, and a, a blocking foul in the restricted area. So, 
Uh, yeah, I thought it was a gutsy performance from KU's guard guards, a much-needed uh, performance from KU's guards, and they obviously came away with the win. Scott, that was a, just an enormous win. After what happened with Baylor last week, to go on the road and get Oklahoma and Texas, that's really significant for Kansas basketball. Now let's talk about K-State. K-State was 0-4 in the Big 12s. It played host to West Virginia on Saturday in what seemed to be a mismatch. But, hey, the Wildcats played their best game of the season and pummeled the Mountaineers 84-68. Fitz, how in the world did this happen? Man, it's really, really hard to explain. But Kansas State did play its best game of the season and played with a great deal of energy and enthusiasm and focus throughout the game. There was only one little let-up in the second half where West Virginia made a run and cut the K-State lead to six. It had been up to, I think, 25 at one point. Uh, Kansas State was playing extremely, extremely well. Uh, it was stunning to me because West Virginia is so big and K-State has been struggling along the front line. I thought this was a total mismatch and this game is a shining example why I never gamble on sports because I would have bet everything I own that K-State would lose this game. Uh, but they, they didn't. They were the superior team on this day and a big reason was DeJuan Gordon. Uh, DeJuan just got off to a good start, uh, but Cartier Jada really settled in playing 27, uh, playing almost the entire game and scoring 27 points. Uh, and that was possible because David Sloan saw his first significant action at point guard and really freed him up. But it was an all-around great effort. They were down Mike McGurl. Mike wasn't available in this game, uh, so they really needed to pull together and get the most out of everyone who played. And even though he continues to struggle, Mikhail Moeen uh, gave them about 13 minutes, 10, 13 minutes, somewhere around there, of good, solid minutes. He fouls too often, but he did have a number of rebounds and he played some solid defense. But boy, the freshman stepped up, Sloan stepped up, and Jada and Xavier Sneed were just huge for this K-State team. This is a very, very big win, not just because it's their first win in conference play, but it was one against the big four, and it should tell this young group of players that they can compete with anyone in this conference if they want to. And unfortunately for K-State, it doesn't get any easier as Kansas State will have to head to Lawrence this week on Tuesday night for their next test in this conference, but we will get to that a little bit more later in the show. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Tennessee Titans on Sunday to advance to the Super Bowl. First time in 50 years they've made it. Fitz, break down this game and what it means for the city. It's, it's remarkable. It was another game where Kansas City fell behind. This time it was only 10 to nothing, uh, but against that great running game of Tennessee, you were really, really concerned that uh, Derrick Henry and company were just going to run out the clock on, on Kansas City. And they did a great job, Tennessee did, of ball possession in that first half. But by the halftime, Kansas City had wrestled back, got a little bit of control over that Tennessee offense, and sure enough, took the 21-17 lead at halftime as Patrick Mahomes came to life. And just a remarkable play uh, to really kind of seal the win for Kansas City as Mahomes scrambled 30 or so yards into the end zone. Uh, and it, the reason they won is Patrick Mahomes. I know the defense played well and came through when they needed him. I know there's other great players on this team, but this team is different with Patrick Mahomes this season. They really have followed him and, and believe in him. And also, I think it's important to say that he's matured as a quarterback. He's not always looking for the big strike downfield, although he got one later in the game to Sammy Watkins. He is often looking for the check down just to pick up the first down. And repeatedly in this game, he scrambled and picked up uh, first downs 
when Tennessee would be caught in the coverage. It was just a really all-around impressive performance for Mahomes and the Kansas City defense rose up and played a great game. It's just huge for the city of Kansas City uh, and huge for the Hunt family as uh, for once the, the Hunt family gets to earn the Lamar Hunt AFC Championship Trophy um, and it's, it's just incredible to watch as a lifelong Chiefs fan. It's, it's a remarkable thing. I was four years old when the Chiefs were last in the Super Bowl. I'm a lot older than that now. It's 50 plus years uh, for the Chiefs and the Chiefs kingdom. And it's uh, going to be a lot of fun. The game's two weeks in Miami against the NFC champion, and that game's being played as we tape this show. So we, we don't know that result, but it's either going to be the Packers or Niners. Now, a quick look at your poll question results. And poll questions are brought to you by Film at 11, your go fast, look good, play hard, custom shop. Last week's question was, after wins at Texas Tech and at Kansas, is Baylor the best team in the Big 12? Uh, yes, 30%, no, 30%, and uh, uh, go Chiefs was 40%. And that turned out to be the correct answer. That's actually the right answer since the Chiefs won. So here's this week's question. How many Super Bowl rings will Patrick Mahomes win during his NFL career? Great question from Scott. Actually put that one in there. A, zero that he'll lose on and two Sundays from now, B1, C2, D3 or more. I wanted to put in E, more of or more of more, but they said that doesn't, that's, that doesn't make sense, so I, we can't do that. You can vote for those four at thedriveshow.com. And, and I tell you what, that'll do it for this first half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State right here on The Drive. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Hula Hands. They've been expecting you. Now, let's eat. Since losing to Baylor, Kansas has gone on the road and picked up two impressive victories. Scott, KU struggled on the road last year. Why do you think the Jayhawks are having more success away from Allen Fieldhouse this season? It's, uh, I think there are two main factors uh, to the Jayhawks' success away from home this year, I think. Uh, the first is defense, uh, really in defense and rebounding, if you want to combine those into one, uh, because defense travels. It, it's an old adage. I think it applies probably more to football uh, than basketball, especially when you talk about, like, maybe going into a cold weather game or, you know, moving X, Y, and Z. I, I don't know. But, you, you know, basketball, it, defense is something that even if you're not hitting shots on the road, even if you're in a situation where, you know, it's loud and you can't communicate on offense, like, you can still defend and, and you still know the positions you want to be in and you can still dominate the glass. And, you know, this KU team is a team that has a lot of big men talent. They played two bigs, maybe a little bit more, at least it felt like, uh, than in some of their past games. And, and David McCormick also had a pretty solid game in his uh, 20 minutes of action. Yudoka Azabuki uh, was massive inside and, and he's really the second key 
uh, that I look at when you want to talk about KU's success and, and maybe what's different this year on the road than last year when they struggled in so many games. And, you know, I just think of the impact of Azubuki, how he starts the second half scoring 10 of 12 for KU. And I think the other two points was an Ochai Abaji drive to the basket. Ochai had a rough game. He may have, he may have, that may have been his only field goal for the game, but uh, Azubuki scored 17 points, did most of his work in the second half, another nine rebounds and a block. And he just moves his feet so well defensively. Phil Self paid him a, a really high compliment after the game. Basically said that, you know, guys, coaches should always talk up their own players, but he's starting to believe that Doke is one of the best in the nation in terms of big men being mobile and, and switching out into the perimeter. You know, he's such a big guy that maybe people wouldn't expect that, but uh, Yudoka Azubuki's ability to really contest three-point shots and keep guys from exploiting him in that way when, you know, he does get switched onto a guard, I, I think that's become a, a really special trait of his this year. Yeah, you mentioned Azubuki, and he's just he is very special. When you got a big man, it will allow your defense to travel on the road because uh, he guards that rim and he guards the interior of the defense so well it allows the outside guys to take some chances, and then he gives you that scoring punch right at the rim. He just can't replace it. Scott? Juco transfer point guard David Sloan earned his first career start for the Wildcats, played 35 minutes against West Virginia, not too shabby. Fitz, how does he alter this K-State team? You know, I think he alters it pretty dramatically, and um, it's kind of been something we've all expected to happen eventually. I think a lot of people, including me, were pressing for this to happen, to get David Sloan on the floor more, get him at the point guard. We can move Cartier off to the two. Uh, the problem's been Sloan's defense hasn't been up to muster uh, in the eyes of Bruce Weber, and you could see him make visible defensive mistakes as the season opened up here. Uh, he has now uh, kind of bought in a little bit more on the defensive end of the floor, and often with junior college players, that is a problem. Uh, playing defense isn't the name of the game often at the Juco ranks. So, and David Sloan's now playing better defense. He's not a stellar defender. However, however, he did have four steals against West Virginia as he was much more active and he made good use of those 35 minutes. He had nine points, maybe not as many as you'd hope, five assists, those four steals, and he hit five or six free throws, which gained the acknowledgement of Coach Weber. He just brings a new uh, sense of confidence out there. You can tell the players believe in him. He's a very, very good passer. He sees the floor. Does he make great decisions all the time? No, but I believe he only had one turnover in this game in 35 minutes. So he does play pretty sound basketball for the most part. Him and these freshmen really have become key cogs to this team and uh, their growth and continued maturity uh, on that uh, hardwood will really be important for K-State moving forward as Kansas State uh, has an uphill battle the rest of the season. They're still one and four. Uh, they've got really tough games, including uh, that Tuesday night game we're gonna talk about here in a second in Allen Fieldhouse. But uh, I expect now we're gonna see uh, the junior college transfer at point guard for the rest of the season. And boy, does David Sloan bring an awful lot to the floor for the Wildcats. And he's he can be really fun to watch. Just keep playing defense. And now let's step out of bounds. And we're not going to go very far, far out of bounds this week because Tuesday night in Lawrence, K-State meets KU in the Allen Fieldhouse. The question is simple for each of us. And Scott, we will start with you. What does KU need to do to win this game? 
It's obviously a great showing by Kansas State against West Virginia, but you know, for KU, I really think they just need to stay the course in this one. I mean, I mean, KU's guard play at times this year has been downright phenomenal, and and you saw that again with Marcus Garrett and Devon Dotson and what they were able to do at Texas. You add to that the big fella inside and Yudoka Azubuki, who has really only had a couple of off games this year. He's found a way to affect the game in pretty much every contest he's played. So what you then go back and look for and say is basically, can one or two uh, of the other players Players, the uh, you know Ochai Abaji, Isaiah Moss, Christian Brown, that kind of tandem. Can one of those other guys, you know, help out the, that core group that's been so consistent? Assuming Devon Dotson does play, I think we expect him to, especially after uh, he played against Texas. I, I don't think this game is particularly a bad matchup for KU. I think it's a pretty good matchup for KU, especially with both of these teams being very good defensively. KU obviously being one of the nation's best. I, I think the Jay- Jayhawks have more offensively, and I think that'll cause problems for K-State. So, uh, Fitz, what, what about you? What do you think the Wildcats need to do? Well, I'll tell you what, Scott. I would guess that I, if I hadn't just seen them beat West Virginia, that Azubuki would be an unstoppable force for Kansas State uh, against Kansas State. But they just did a really good job against that massive front line for West Virginia, so maybe that goes out the window. I think really the key for Kansas State is being disruptive on defense to those guard play for Kansas. And it'll be intriguing to watch what they do with the freshman Dejuan Gordon. He's kind of turned into their you know go-to defender, and they put him on the best people. Will he cover Dotson at the point? I don't know. Maybe they'll shift people around that's going to be very intriguing to watch now let's hear from the fans and our fan question this week is this as we continue to talk about k-state dell and silver lake wants to know where would this k-state team be without its three freshmen and i tell you what dell that's a great question you normally don't throw freshmen into the situations that k-state is now kind of being forced to do with these freshmen but they're really stepping up and you can see them take ownership in the team The most remarkable, most notable stat for me coming out of that game on uh, Saturday against West Virginia was the top six minutes played in this game were Cartier Jada and Xavier Sneed, your your talented go-to guys that are veterans, and then the three freshmen and David Sloan, the junior college player. So now it's pretty clear that Coach Weber is kind of turning more to them and saying, you know, we need a little bit more from you guys. You need to step up. And Dejuan Gordon is turning into a leader for this team. It's remarkable to see a freshman step into that role and really take so much ownership. He wants to be the premier defender, and he hit a series of three-pointers against West Virginia that were absolutely huge. And on top of that, Montavious Murphy and uh, the other Gordon um, were really good in the low post as K-State did a nice job against that big front line. We'll see if they can hold up against KU. And remember to ask us your questions on Facebook, on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we look at our predictions here on The Drive. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. 
Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to take a look at our predictions. The predictions are brought to you by Vanderbilt's, your work boot center. And remember to make your weekly predictions over at thedriveshow.com. Let's look at last week's results. The viewers were very smart. You're smart for watching the show and you were very good in your predictions. 3-0, and Scott and I both went 2-1. and as I struggle to get above 500, but I'm getting there and I vow that I will do it this week. All of our games, we kind of skip the KUK State game because it's Tuesday. We move on to next Saturday when the Big 12 SEC Challenge, the series that I hate, being in the middle of Big 12 play, tips off. And here are this week's games that we're picking. Kentucky minus one and a half at Texas Tech and maybe the premier matchup in this game. Scott is going to take Texas Tech to be different, I will take Kentucky, although I'll be pulling for the Red Raiders in this one. Next is Kansas State, plus three and a half at Alabama as K-State goes into a surprisingly good Alabama team uh, to play them in Tuscaloosa. Scott is taking Alabama, and I'll take K-State. What the heck, three and a half points? We'll see if that works out. And our last game of the week is this, Tennessee, plus five and a half at Kansas. This is an intriguing matchup. Maybe Tennessee's down a little bit from what they have been, but Rick Barnes coming back into Allen Fieldhouse for this game. Uh, five and a half point favorite. Uh, Scott will take KU, of course. I will do the same as I think KU will just completely overpower the volunteers in this contest. Again, make your picks over at thedriveshow.com. And now it's time for our On the Clock segment. We got plenty of time here. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One. Buy local for a strong local community. And let's start from somewhere in probably Oklahoma, Mr. Scott Chasen of Fog.net. For my On the Clock time, I just want to talk about finding ways to contribute uh, when your shot isn't falling. You know, uh, Ochai Abaji has played a couple of games here back-to-back -back at Oklahoma, now at Texas, where uh, his shot really hasn't been falling. And, uh, you know, one of the things I thought he did okay at Oklahoma was even, even when it wasn't, I think he finished with seven points, he still had five rebounds, he still had three assists. He found ways to contribute in other areas. He threw a lob to David McCormick that it looked like really got him going too. He, he was really fired up after that play. You know, against Texas, Abaji only had, you know, a, a couple of rebounds. He didn't have any assists. Uh, he really didn't make a mark on the game, and he's too good of a player not to do that. You know, you look to someone like Isaiah Moss, who has five rebounds, even though he didn't make a bunch of shots. It's not like he scored 20 points like he did at Oklahoma, still grabs five boards. Yudoka Azubuki has the game against Stanford earlier this year where, you know, he only makes one field goal, grabs 12 rebounds, though, and, and you know, plays really well in the paint on the defensive end. So uh, I think for Ochai, the biggest thing right now is finding ways to contribute when your shot isn't falling, and then, of course, getting him going on the offensive end. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling in to get this show done tonight. I tell you what, I've got a couple topics I want to talk about real fast, and I need to say this about K-State basketball. After that 0-4 start, as bad as they had looked, I'd kind of written off the fact that in reality they might go over in the conference, maybe win four, five, six games. What I didn't expect was for Bruce Weber's Wildcats to rise up and just absolutely manhandle a very good 12th-ranked West Virginia team. It just goes to show you that you can't look past a Bruce Weber team. As Bob Huggins said after the game, he expected K-State to be well-prepared, and they were, and his team probably looked past K-State. You just can't do that with Bruce Weber. He'll get you. He'll find a way to beat you, and uh, it was a nice sign of progress 
for the Wildcats. Topic two I want to touch on, the Kansas City Chiefs. It's been 50 years since they've gone to a Super Bowl. An absolutely remarkable effort by the Chiefs to rally and win in two straight playoff games to get to the Super Bowl two Sundays from tonight in Miami. It's absolutely huge for the town, for the Hunt family, and for Coach Andy Reid, who is probably the greatest NFL coach in recent memory who hasn't won a Super Bowl. I know that a lot of people around the league are cheering for Andy Reid because he's such a quality guy. And boy, is it fun to watch this Chiefs team. Patrick Mahomes is pure magic, and he settles right into the Andy Reid offense and makes it really click. It is going to be a great game, and we will record early so I can watch it. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you here next week and all week on social media.